Hi, everybody. My name is Kevin McDonald, and the show you're about to listen to is an encore presentation of either Spirit Talk, Positive Talk, or Kevin McDonald Presents. Therefore, the numbers that may be presented on the show are not active at this time, but the content is so good, and I think you'll enjoy them. They're highly entertaining, even if I do say so myself. So with that, thank you very much for listening, and please enjoy the following episode. Hi, my name is Kevin McDonald, and I'm declaring my independence. Independence from what? Why, negative thoughts and energy, of course. Chief among them, hate, division, and fear. You see, I know that we're all one, and together we can solve any problem, save our planet and each other. Please, join me as we come together as one and choose a better way to be. So now, let's begin with my independence report. show today. Oh, there we go. Thank you very much. Welcome to the show today. My name is Kevin McDonald. I'm your host and we are just really lucky today. So we're going to, without further ado, first of all, I got to tell you, Kim Miller's here. Yes, I am. Kim Miller is always here on Wednesdays. Yes. And today we're just, we're just really blessed because we have a actual studio or an actual a Northwest, celebrity. Well, he's a yeah. Northwest legend, in, at least in my mind. <laughs> yeah. Tony Ventrella. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Tony Ventrell is with us for the entire hour today, Thank and you. and we're just really pleased. Tony, welcome to the show. Thank you. I, I looked around for Ivor Haglin when you said Northwest <laughs> legend or J.P. Patches That's, or something. Hey, we had J.P. on yeah, I just bet. a little while ago. He's, yeah, he's it was a great, great guy, Chris Wiedis. Yeah. yeah, yeah. We had a lot. Of, we had a lot of fun with J.P. And one of the reasons why I wanted to have you on, Tony, is that uh, you do, in addition to being a sports broadcaster for many years, and now doing the morning show on Channel Thirteen, yeah. and the you also do another 30 minute piece i believe on channel 13 yes yeah and, and just uh, started but you also are a lecturer of some note and you're a motivational speaker and you have a wonderful book out and all of it is of real positive nature so hence you know positive talk in the afternoon and and having you <laughs> sort of kind of fit in didn't yeah, it? yeah. It kind that's of right. fits right in there <laughs> there's a mix that's right that's right you hope so anyway yeah. Uh, and I like the idea of positive talk in the afternoon and, and positive thinking, uh, you know, 24 hours a day. And sometimes people, as you know, both of you know, sometimes people will look at you and kind of give you that facial expression and go, please, you know, you this positive talk thing and, and blah, blah, blah. But the bottom line is that really you are you are what you think. And I know that's an old cliche, but uh, as you think, you will follow. And uh, if you think negatively or hateful thoughts or anything like that, your, your, vo- your voice, your uh, voice maybe. <laughs> That's true. Your, your life will eventually follow that path. And um, I was raised with positive ideas in my family. We, and we, believe me, did not have a perfect family by any means. My mother and father fought like a lot of mother and fathers fight. But the bottom line was leading by example. They led uh, by mostly positive examples. And which is obviously what what we're trying to do. But you've made your whole career on that. Well, it's helped. And then I started out as a barber, first of all, which a lot yes. of people uh, think is still sort of a joke. And the reason I was at... Uh, so you're reason... going to fall back on that, right? You know, the book. You know, my father, <laughs> if this doesn't work out, yeah. you'll you know, be able to go back to you, that. My dad, who lived to, who lived to be uh, 86 years old, passed away four years ago. He used to tease me about that in the early days because uh, he, tra- he trained me to cut hair in, the, in Connecticut when I was growing up, when I was 14. Took me into the in the garage and gave me a scissors and a comb and said, "Okay, uh, you know, you coordinate the scissors uh, up and down, comb down, cut up, and coordinate that scissors and comb. And when I find that you're good enough at that, I'll let you start working 
an actual human model, you know. <laughs> the poor dog. Yeah, I know. No, no. <laughs> and uh, no, he wouldn't let me work on the dog, Uh-oh. believe me, because he really loved this dog. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> but he brought in some of his cousins, though, and I worked on that. Oh, uh, he liked them a lot. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, no, as a result, by the time I was 16, I was a pretty good barber. I was mm-hmm. as good as any of the barbers that he had working for him at the time. And um, as soon as my dad figured out two things, number one, I could cut hair, and number two, I wasn't going to steal money out of the register, <laughs> he would leave for two weeks at a time and go fishing and mm-hmm. leave me in charge. And it was the greatest lesson ever for me. It, it beat high school, college, the Army. Mm-hmm. Taught because, your responsibility. Well, it did. Yeah. And I learned how to care about people, how to treat everyone equally coming through that door, mm-hmm. how to, if someone didn't have enough money, maybe give them a little break. Right. Pay it forward, they call that. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And um, it helps when you, I'm, my parents owned a business too, and it, you really learn a lot. And I was in it from the early age also. So, oh, yeah. yeah. You learn a lot about it. So that's my greatest lesson. And from that, I went to broadcasting. My dad used to say, Keep that barber's license. You still got your scissors, right? I have two sets of tools, yeah. one uh, in each of my cars, and uh, with the clippers, the whole thing, cool. and the little spray oil, you know, that spray lubricant that That's you right. spray on the clippers. And uh, I still do a, a few haircuts, uh-huh. and um, of course, I, I don't charge anymore for them, and they're probably worth every penny. Too. There you go. We'll, we're sending Kevin because I noticed he needed a little <laughs> yeah, bit of trim. Yeah, I, kinda, I need a trim. Yeah. But, you know, but, I, I love doing it. It's therapeutic. It's like oil painting, and I can't paint, so I just cut hair. Yeah. So now you uh, are on Channel 13. Yeah, I started last July 25th, I think it was. Yeah, I left Cairo a year ago, exactly. I left doing sports a year ago. Mm-hmm. And there was an opportunity to do the Q13 morning news, which I, I, I went basically from three minutes a day to three hours a day. Yeah, that's that, a big job. Yeah, yeah. That yeah. was the pay commensurate. Well, we won't yeah, we were together. Well, you know, yeah, television pay isn't what it used to be, but then neither is really any pay in the in the broadcast. Uh, Industry, but I've always done well, and I'm grateful, really, for every job I've ever had. And the other thing is I've never been fired in all my years in Seattle, having worked at every television station. I worked at Como for 14 months, King for 11 years, Cairo for nine, wow. and Q13 for a year, and have not yet been fired. I'm, I'm hoping someone sees the light and cans me. <laughs> uh, that's not I'm kidding. Well, there there isn't any other stations here. <laughs> well, see, that's yeah, it. I, I pretty much run out. <laughs> right. There's a Texaco station down at the corner, and that's about it. Well, but if you ever decide that you want to exit the daily grind of broadcasting, uh, I sat in on one of your lectures and uh, one of your motivational speeches, and it was it was terrific. And I just I just loved the way that you're able to package it and talk to everybody, even though the folks in the room that are a little bit more enlightened, perhaps, get a lot more out of it. Mm -hmm. But you even can drag some of the guys that that don't think they're being drug along along that have the lights off yeah. well right. and that's i think the key is to be able to, that was the, the lesson that my dad taught me and my mother to this day my mother's 91 almost and, and continues to teach that lesson from her home in florida she's living in tampa <laughs> uh, a mile or so from where my brother lives so she's got great family support down in uh, florida and I hear from her every other day. She calls and says hello. I send her letters. We don't do the email thing with mom. A lot of the older people aren't uh, never they're, get into the email. They're sort of mouse challenged. I think yeah. is what happens. I know <laughs> yeah. that my mom was like that too. You know? But you know, I'd say one thing though. Once they do get into it, they're really oh, into yeah. it. They love it because yeah. it's instant and it's uh, it's so easy. My mother's not into it. She loves to get a physical piece of mail. And I wrote a chapter about that in the in the book about how some people, especially those that are lonely. 
love to get something that was touched by someone else. Well, they can go out to the mailbox and there's something there for them. Exactly. It's like getting a present. That's exactly. the thing. Mm-hmm. And it's not some ad for, you know, uh, right. for a walker. It's a, right. you know, it's a nice, uh, a walker. nice note. No, a I, want a, I want a wheelchair. Well, you know what I'm saying? I mean, because, you know, my, she's 91, so she's going to be uh, uh, getting all those ads in the, in the, in the mail. But it's, right. so anyway, she taught me basically this, to treat everyone you meet uh, with uh, the same amount of compassion and understanding and tolerance. Mm-hmm. And let's face it, some of the people you meet, you don't want to hang around that long, but you don't have to treat them rudely. No. You right. just leave the room if you don't want to, you know, exactly. be in their company. And hey. that's, so that's what I try to do when I talk to groups. Oh, and you do. I try a, to leave the room. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, and then they talk amongst job. yourselves. There yeah. You. Yeah. <laughs> no, you do such a wonderful job of bringing everybody together and understanding that, that in, in, in the corporate world, a lot of corporations are learning yeah. that <laughs> if you are positive with your employees and you have a positive attitude throughout the company, more work gets done. Yeah, isn't that true? Productivity goes up. Mm-hmm. You know what else happens too? People are happier. And oh, yeah. uh, the other thing is, you don't need to. You don't necessarily need. We're talking about pay and broadcasting. I've always found. I don't care what business you're in. If you take someone aside and specifically compliment them for a job they did, I mean, you got to know about the job they did. I mean, at least yes. be specific. <laughs> right, right. Don't just say, hey, nice job. What do you do around here? Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Deliver uh, the mail, right? Yeah. yeah, whatever it is, that is way worth, it's worth way more than a, than a raise, believe it or not, and will go farther. You can give someone a $3 an hour raise, and two months from now they want another $3 an hour raise. Uh, but if you give them a compliment, I think it lasts a lot longer than that. There was a study done that uh, money or salary was way down the list of of things about a job that kept you there. Absolutely. You know, it can be a, a, a demotivating factor, but it's very rarely a motivating one. So we've got Tony Ventrella the entire hour. If you'd like to give us a call and ask Tony a question, you can, 425-373-5527 or outlining areas, 888-298-5569. We'll be right back after these messages. All right, welcome back to Positive Talk in the Afternoon. My name is Kevin. I'm your host. I'm here with Kim Miller, and we have Tony Ventrella for the entire hour. Not that we don't have him, but but he's here. <laughs> right, but he's here. He's sitting right next to us, yeah. And yeah, and, and we thank Tony for coming. We wanted to talk about his book, which is called Smile in the Mirror, Let Your Light Shine. Also, his a role at Q13 versus the the really heavy-duty sports role that you had at Cairo. Well, you know, it, got, it, well, it used to be heavy-duty back in the old days uh, <laughs> when I was at King for... Uh, 11 years yeah. we actually had a five o'clock sportscast a six thirty mm-hmm. sportscast at one time a 10 o'clock and an 11 o'clock uh then i went over to cairo and it was the same for a while and then and then out came the consultants and <laughs> oh they, and then um, cairo went through that thing were you at cairo when oh no no not out of the bell in the box out of the box i believe me I, I, uh, let's say uh, that's a whole nother subject yeah. I, I didn't think out of the box <laughs> i know you didn't like it kim i don't think it was that bad so yeah. but that i wasn't there for that oh, i okay. was there after out of the box apparently they had gone back into the box back into the box okay and then they tr- they f- apparently tried to f- wedge me in the oh, same no. box oh, no. and that was fine it all yeah. worked out those it right. was good it was a good effort there and i got along great with steve and susan and and, and margaret larson was there for a while and uh Wappler, a oh, classic. Yeah. I'm a great guy. And all the people that I work with there were terrific. But what happened is the news director came to me about oh, it's about seven years ago now and said to me, Tony, uh, you know, the research says that people don't watch local TV news for the sports. They watch for the weather and they watch it for breaking news, uh, which is a whole different topic. But the, the fact of the matter is, he said, we're going to be cutting sports 
and at some point we'll maybe cut it out completely out of the local news. Now, that hasn't happened yet. It got to about two and a half minutes um, every, well, at 6, 30, and 11. I was Mm -hmm. doing two and a half minutes of sports, five minutes a day. Getting paid very well, and I got bored. I thought, you know, that's this is not why I was brought into this world to do five minutes of sports a day <laughs> to affect very few lives right. and to get paid for it. No good. I'm not accepting that. I want more. So then Q13 called, and I thought, well, let me give that a – that'll be a fun deal, and mm-hmm. that's been good. It's been a learning experience. Now, just, just so I know, what time do you have to – you start at 6 a.m. on the air. What time do you have to get up to prepare for all that? <laughs> well, yesterday, of course, we had, we did the homecoming, as did all the TV stations and many of the radio stations of the USS Abraham Lincoln up in Everett, which was a wonderful day and a wonderful experience. I heard but it I, was kind of freezing cold up there. It was the first hour, though. Yeah. But then, Kim, when that sun came out, it, it was, was nice. beautiful I up bet. there. I and bet. it was I, I got to tell you, too, it was the most positive day I have ever been involved with. I've been, I've covered hide rows. I've covered seafare races, things that are, you would think are positive, but there was no complaining. There was no pushing and shoving. And there were a lot of people on that pier that I was on. But anyway, to make a long story short, I got up at three o'clock in the morning yesterday, was at the pier by 4.15. A normal day, there was a 3.30 wake up at the station at 4.30. But I don't mind that. I don't mind the morning hours, believe it or not. I'm a morning person. You kind of get used to it after a while. You do. Right. Do you work? Did you work morning? I actually the... didn't when I was in law enforcement. I weren't actually worked nights, but now I, I have a little one. And so when you have a little one, they, you kind of get used to morning hours. Yeah. 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 And then, so Kevin, now, how about you? Have you ever done morning uh, mornings in any business? Oh, yeah. I used, well, I used to work graveyard and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And, and if you get used to it after mm-hmm. a while. You do. But, yeah. but it's hard for, for a lot of folks to be up yeah. at 6 o'clock in the morning. Yeah, I guess that's true. Except that uh, it, it is, and I uh, and I respect that in other people. For me, it's it's tough to be uh, that excited, that enthusiastic at eleven o'clock at night. I always thought that was kind of an oddball hour to be at your best mm-hmm. at eleven twenty, whatever time the sports comes on. And I've always been a morning person because my my dad was a morning person. He'd be up at five. Uh, didn't have to be, but he just loved being up. He loved that first breath yeah, the, of fresh air in the morning. He loved the idea of going out feeding the dog. Uh, uh, the chickens, whatever else we had in those days, and we had—I think we had a couple of goats too back in the. They call them Italian police dogs, but I mean that's a—that's an inside. Uh, They'll eat everything. Joke, they do. They're yeah. unbelievable. But that's—that uh, was it. Mornings were always special to me, and they still are. And I'm glad to um, still have a shot at doing TV. It's fun. Mm-hmm. Well, in order, one of the things that you do to be ready at six o'clock in the morning, I know, because he mentioned it in your in your. Uh, uh, motivational talk that you gave is that you smile in the mirror which is also by the way the title of your book which yeah. is a smile in the mirror let your light shine so every morning at what time do you go to the mirror and smile into it well as soon as i, I get up at 3 30 i'm right in the, in the you know go in the bathroom shower shave all that stuff that most people do and i i'll smile immediately into that mirror and wave to myself and then i do a little silent prayer which is of course and everyone's uh Everyone has a different way of starting their day, and I, I just do a, a really brief, uh, this is the day the Lord hath made, I will rejoice and be glad in it, and that's it. I don't share it with anybody, I just do it to myself, and what it does is it prepares me for that day, it prepares me with a positive attitude. The other thing I, I do immediately is to take inventory of my own life, not the material part of my life, 
not is the heat high enough in the house? Do I have the right kind of socks today? Mm-hmm. You know, uh, did, I'm grateful for all the uh, for the new furniture. I mean, it's none of that stuff. Right. It's what do I have running water that's fresh and clean. I can shave and brush my teeth. I have things that half the world doesn't have. Right. I have a floor under my feet, a roof over my head. That, and I know that's corny, but those are the things that I'm grateful for first thing in the morning. And what that does is it sets you off in the right frame of mind. If you are grateful. And the other thing is ask a question that deserves a positive answer. For example, what can I do today to make my life a little better? Or what can I do today, better yet, to make somebody else's life a little better? Boom. That's it. Somewhere along the line, I believe the answer comes to you. And I, I, I agree with you 100%. Yeah, I used to um, get up and say, how can I help somebody today? Yeah. Yeah. And, and there was always an opportunity somehow, and it was always a great day because of it. So You bet there'll be an opportunity. And it's not that the opportunity wouldn't have come if you didn't ask the question, but, but you wouldn't be looking for it. Exactly. Right. So you need to be looking for those opportunities. That's and the key. you need to stop occasionally and live in the moment and talk to yourself about what you're doing at this moment and take stock. I think you're absolutely right. Yeah, living in the moment is a key because, let's face it, I mean, this is a sort of a morbid way to look at this, but I'm going to say it anyway. <laughs> because really, when you think about how long does it take to die, boom, a second. Mm-hmm. From life to death is instant, instamatic, as the uh, as Paulie used to say in uh, in the movie Rocky. Remember him? Right. Just oh, yeah. After instamatic. Him? Yeah, yeah, instamatic instead of instantaneously. But anyway, the the fact of the matter is, you live your life in seconds and in minutes and hours and days and weeks and years. But really, it's in seconds, and you you must try at some point and be grateful for that moment that you're in now. Not always look ahead to when I get that car, when I meet that perfect uh, woman or man or when i get that job or as soon as i tell that person off i'm gonna feel better (laughs) now now is the time to try and be grateful oh you missed the whole point of it if if (laughs) you don't enjoy the moment because tomorrow never comes that's right and after all the only thing you get to take with you are your experiences and your relationships yeah you can't take the money you can't take the house you can't take all that other stuff it goes away. I remember one of the I don't remember who said this, but it might have been Jack Benny or certain one of the older comedians who I always love comedians. I think they're among the most intelligent people out there. And they have this great perspective. And I remember one of them saying, uh, nobody ever lay on his deathbed wishing for more money. Wishing, you know what I mean? Right. Nobody ever laid on a deathbed saying, gee, I wish I had a few more bucks or I wish I had saved more. I wish I had gone to work more. Right. They all are thinking the same thing. I wish I had had more time for family, for friends. wish I had gone fishing more. Mm-hmm. I wish I had skydived once. Right. You know what I mean? So those yeah. are the things to think about and be grateful for, I think. Tony, you wrote a book and it's called Smile in the Mirror, Your, Let Your Light Shine. What motivated you to to write this it's a fascinating book and it's a great thing thank you i appreciate it a couple things first of all my dad and i didn't make the goal my goal was to write it while my father was still alive it didn't work out because it didn't come out until 2001 he passed away in 1998 but thank god it was written by the time and my mother's still very much alive and has several copies of it and continues to call me and and ask for more copies now whether she is just forgetting (laughs) That oh, she no. has She's copies. She's giving them away, you know. Well, no, she, she is giving them. I'm just, yeah. I'm just teasing. She actually is giving them away at uh, the place she lives in Florida. So I wanted to, I wanted to take these stories that I really heard from a lot of them from my dad, and met some of these people through my family, and many of them I met through broadcasting and other uh, avenues of my life. But in every case, there is a chapter about a moment, a situation, or a person uh, that I've learned something from, and none of them are famous. There's nobody in here that's famous. 
and uh, because I don't, frankly, know that many famous people, and the ones I've met haven't taught me that much. And there's nothing wrong with it. It's not their fault. I just don't hang around them long enough to learn anything. Well, and, and the reality is that most famous people are just people. That's true. Actually, yeah. I do know you had an interview, uh, interview last week. Because you were Tony be, Curtis. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah, Tony, Tony Curtis like, was great. And he, you know, I love guys or people like that from that era, especially because he, he made 150 movies. Yeah. And of course, now at age 77 with the 35 year old wife. Uh, and he's got a, keep, a lot to keep up with. He's there. got a lot to keep up with. Yeah, the 35 year old wife, right. I think, is number one. I think he's got a year old or two year old child. Uh, He's in, now he's and he tours the country doing uh, something like it hot. He's, he's at the yeah fifth hour, wasn't he? Yeah, well, well, uh, actually the Paramount. The it's Paramount, over okay, now. Okay. They closed. It's over now. But he's finishing. I think with one or two more cities that will right. complete one year of traveling at the age of seventy-seven. The guy's got great spirit, still in pretty good health. Good. And I said to him, I'll uh, just uh, paraphrase here quickly. I said. Tony Curtis. I said, I'm, I'm I'm proud to shake your hand. You kissed Marilyn Monroe all <laughs> over that movie. And he said, I kissed Marilyn Monroe all over Marilyn Monroe. I, I said, know. Well, that's X-rated. But okay, anyway, it was a great line. <laughs> Can you imagine the history that that man has seen? Oh, oh my man. God. I know. I know. He's met so many great people. And he's, he said Cary Grant was one of his great friends. It's just fun to meet somebody that thought Cary Grant was his best friend, you know. That's cool. So anyway. He puts it into a whole different context. Yeah. It definitely does. All right, ladies and gentlemen, if you'd like to give us a call and talk to Tony Ventrella yourself about anything that you'd like to bring up with him, you can do it, 425-373-5527, or just relax and enjoy yourself. We've got Tony for a whole other half hour. That's great. Or you can call us from the outlying areas at 888-298-5569. We'll be right back. All right, welcome back to Positive Talk in the Afternoon. You're listening to Kevin McDonald here on KKNW 1150 AM. Kim Miller's here, and Tony Ventrella is here. And we thank you very much for coming. And I wanted to ask you, in the uh, in the motivational speak speech that you give, you make, make reference of a gentleman by the name of Earl. <laughs> Would you tell that story for us, please? I will. I'd appreciate the, the chance to tell that. My sister went to the University of Connecticut in the 60s and married a guy named Earl. And he, to this day, is my brother-in-law. And they had, they had two children and, you know, on and on and on, a bunch of grandchildren. But anyway, Earl was a, a brilliant, still is a brilliant engineer, was working on the Trident submarine back in the, uh, in the 70s and 80s uh, at General Dynamics in Connecticut, a huge defense-based uh, company in Connecticut. And he helped really design, engineer the anti-vibration system in that, in that uh, sub so that the sides of the sub wouldn't vibrate underwater and create a signal to other subs that it was in the area. So it was very important work. But then the defense money ran out, and Earl, being a fly fisherman, decided to take his knowledge of this anti-vibration uh, uh, technology and create that in the tip of a fly rod so that the tip of the fly rod wouldn't vibrate as you cast. If the tip is vibrating, the eye is moving and the line doesn't go through it as quickly. So he went to the Orvis company in Vermont and he sold them the idea and the the result was the Trident fly fishing rod. Trident. Yeah, hey, they named it the Trident great. rod. Now at that time, uh, Earl, not having a great deal of business knowledge, didn't really have the patent and this and that. And Orvis, I think, paid him off a few bucks and he was out of the picture. So he came bouncing back two years later and decided, you know what, the fly line doesn't go quickly enough through. I'm going to invent a fly line or a leader part of the line that uh, has a better coating on it so that it zips through the eye and people can cast farther, which most fly fishermen want to do. Yeah. And he found some of the top 
uh, fly casters in the country. They tested his his uh, what do you call the first one of anything? I can't think of the word. He does. I'll think of it in a second. Prototype. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. Prototype. And um, Orvis loved the idea. They patented it. It's, it's called Wonderline, and it is available in every sporting goods store that I've ever seen. And now it's worldwide, and he, I think he makes a buck from everyone that's sold. And he was a little smarter the second time, I would say. Yeah, assume. second yeah, time around right, he was right. smarter. But so, so from an unemployed guy in Connecticut, rather than just hang his head and, and worry about his life, he came up with an idea that truly was a winner after a lot of losers, believe me. Came up with a bunch that didn't work. But he's a, a wonderful guy on top of that, which really helps. And everyone needs a brother-in-law named Earl. I just love yeah, that yeah. name. Earl. Earl. <laughs> Earl. You know, there's a, there's a lot of folks who listen to this show that, that call in when we have self-help people on yeah. and, and coaches and so forth that are they don't have a direction in life. They, you know, they're at a point in their life when they want to make some changes. They don't really know how to go about doing that. And it sounds like Earl found the secret. Well, he did. The secret really is two things. Don't, don't complain and, and, uh, and sit down and map out. A lot of people can't visualize what they want to do because they're afraid to. And I've always, I've, I tell friends this, I tell myself this every day because believe me, I don't care how positive you appear. There are moments when you have down moments. I don't care who you are. Uh, and, and I think that what you need to do is you need to visualize the life that you want and, and actually write it down. And I'm talking about everything from your physical being to the people you want around you to what you want, even materially in life, although I think that's the, of least importance. But uh, Well, to, I think if you have all the others, that that will come. That's true. That's yeah. a good point. It's a very good point. It will come. It, uh, but... but you know, for example, if you are looking for a car, mm-hmm. just to really boil this down, do you just go from lot to lot till you find one you see? No, that'll take years doing that. Or do you visualize what it is you want? You want something kind of snappy, kind of quick, you know, or do you want something that's got room for the family? You have to at least think of that first before you can go and look for the physical result of what you want. And the same thing goes with how to plan your life. I even talk to people uh, about this who have had relationships that have just ended mm-hmm. and they're looking ahead to something else and i always say well you know what it doesn't hurt to visualize what you're looking for because right. that person's out there somewhere and um it's and now you know what you don't want so check it off right. the list yeah that's right <laughs> well <laughs> in my age group we're going uh, a lot of my peers are going through that their their sure. first marriages of 10 or 15 years yeah. are ending and they're separate and a lot of folks are are out there searching yeah for what they want to do with themselves oh, I know. if they just have if they just pursue their dreams that's one of the things. And the other thing, too, is give and take. And uh, something else, by the way, since you're on that subject, Kevin, I'm going to swing over to something else that I I, I went to a uh, was MC at a great uh, reception uh, event banquet uh, in the Beacon Hill area of Seattle called Dads. It's a group called Dads in which uh, a couple of people get fathers back with their kids and ex-spouses, ex-girlfriends, and at least make it to a point where they can talk and discuss what's going on. Because a lot of cases you have boyfriend, girlfriend, husband, and wife, they'll split up, there'll be a couple kids involved, and then you have this fighting. Yes. You get a couple of lawyers involved. The next thing you know, the two kids, are, or the three kids, or whatever are, are it is, lost out. are lost, right. they're in the middle of the whole thing. you got this, this buildup of bitterness and hatred. And there's a group called Dads that I was so impressed with that helps bring the families at least back to get, not necessarily get married again. Let's face right. it, if you've gone through a divorce, you're probably not going to marry that person again. <laughs> but not. at least you could be kind. Right. And, and civil. Yeah, yeah, and civil and work with, uh, with the kids. There are a lot of groups about uh, like that, but I was impressed with this one group, and if you ever hear about it, uh, it might be interesting to get more information, D-A-D-S, 
with a little period after each. Do they have a mm-hmm. uh, website? They must. Can... Yeah, they must. I wish yeah. I had more information about it, but I don't. I do know that I was impressed by the banquet in which they recognized some of the fathers, mostly. It's a dad's operation. The mothers, of course, equally important. But the dads were recognized that night, guys that had, frankly, some of them had been addicts Mm -hmm. that had come off the streets and gone back and found their kids again and re kind of reinvented that whole family idea. And it's really working. Which is something that we stress as community. And we we, that is the basic community aspects of it. I think so. And it's not easy to do. You got to swallow some pride and give and take. You know that. Yep. Oh, especially when, you know, they've got the child support payments that are going back for ways and a lot of that. There's big issues there. There's issues there because the guys are, or whoever's paying the child support, in some case the women are paying the child support. You're looking at that spouse, ex-spouse, and you're going, do they really need that much? Mm-hmm. Is it all going to the kid? You know, instead of thinking like that, <laughs> there's got to be some sort of middle ground there. But anyway, I didn't mean to get off on that tangent, but it's one of the, it's, it's a huge problem and can manifest itself sometimes tragically, as it did in Tacoma just a week and a half ago with the police chief and well, so on. Well, not an awful exactly. thing. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's, a, that's a rough one, boy. That's all I can say. You wonder and think about those kids, you know, and other kids in that situation. You've been involved with the sports scene for, like, ever. Yeah. And, <laughs> and I just wanted to ask you, because it seems to me that in when I was growing up, and I'm, I'm 45, so, you know, in the 70s and 60s and 70s was my time for, to be really impressed by, by sports figures and so sure. forth. When, like, the Baltimore Orioles was 71, and the same team played three, four years in a row. Oh, yeah. And, oh, and yeah. Brooks Robinson and Frank Robinson and yeah. all of those guys. Sure. Nowadays, it's changed. It's not nearly as positive as it used to be. Well, you remember the, uh, this reminds me of the story, the the, uh, goose that laid the golden egg, that old story. (laughs) And what happened in the 60s and 70s is that the the goose was starting to lay some golden eggs. There was success. And then the goose laid another golden egg and then another. And then the owners started to say, you know what? We want more eggs and we want them faster. So they killed the goose. Right. And they found out that there were no golden eggs inside anymore. Now it's, and so basically that's what you've got. You had a situation where the fans were loyal to players and players were loyal to their teams Mm -hmm. and now with free agency and agents and 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 owners who can get a little greedy and greed is really the problem all the way around here greed and and then what i call uh, false pride that's another thing that classic Macbeth story oh yeah absolutely that's the same thing so Mm -hmm. what you have now is instead of the edgar martinez who is the rarity of today oh absolutely or jay buner or dan wilson now we're fortunate here in seattle yeah. We got a bunch of players um, that really have stuck around. Mm-hmm. And um, and frankly, I think it's unfortunate that Junior ever left because I think he belonged here in Seattle. I wish that he had, didn't have that false pride that he had or that insecurity mm-hmm. and could have stuck around here uh, and had a uh, finished out his career in Seattle. It didn't work out that way. But anyway, the, the bottom line is because of that lack of loyalty, I believe the game is being hurt. You don't have the major crowds you used to have. You do here in Seattle still, but not Milwaukee, <laughs> not in Baltimore, no. not right. in Tampa, where they had 14,000 for a Yankee game the other day. Wow. You know, oh, wow. Uh, because there's no loyalty. People don't, you, I mean, you, that old saying, you can't tell the players without a sork, scorecard, that is tr- totally true now. How do you fix it? I don't know. That's. I wish I could come up with one for that. Maybe you put a s- cap on salaries and... 
don't allow well, free agency anymore. I don't but know. they won't. Get, mm. Never. They go won't for go that. for that. No, because mm-hmm. now there's just too much money in it, and until the house folds, right, and teams start going under, then it's. But it's it's kind of from your perspective, it's kind of good that you got out of that because it's kind of icky now, isn't it? Well, it's, <laughs> it always had some elements of ick. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's a technical term. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's ickier than it's ever been before. And uh, the other thing is the greed factor can get in your way. And I'm I'm not I'm not piling on here, but we're going to bring up the name Mike Price. Because I happen to think, up until this couple of weeks ago here, <laughs> Mike has always been one of my favorite coaches yeah. and individuals for one reason. Very personable guy, perhaps a bit too personable, but Ob- you know what I'm saying here. <laughs> with the he ladies. A, he was a social man. Yes. Yeah, yeah. But he, you know, every single time I would have an interview scheduled with him, uh, he would call to confirm it. Or if he couldn't make it, he would call personally to say, I'm sorry, you're so good to our program. I want to be there. I can't. Can we make it tomorrow? Well, very few coaches do that. They have somebody else do that for, you know, for them. But Mike was good that way. I think what, and I told, I was telling Kim this before, mm-hmm. and Kevin, you too. We were talking about this off the air a minute ago when he first got the job. What the first red flag that I saw, I don't know if anyone around me saw it, was with that first night when he went to Alabama for the interview and the press conference, and it was announced that he was the coach. He called his assistant coach and now head coach Bill Doba, and he said, Bill. It's exciting. They, I don't, I don't have to leave my office to go to the bathroom. There's a bathroom in the coach's office down here. This is really plush and it's cool and it's the, you know, it's the penthouse and all that. And I thought, oh man, if you're that impressed with the bathroom, with that kind of stuff, yeah, <laughs> that early in your career in Alabama, it's it might be tough when you start seeing some real flashy things in front of you <laughs> like like they have a loss in the loss column or the the first negative press that he gets yeah. in the uh because it's that's going to happen down there oh man yeah. because following bear bryant is like you know that's that's hard to do mm-hmm. that's a tough one i mean you know the other thing too we talked about this kim you having been in law enforcement we right. talked about this every time you see a news story that ends in trad not every time but many times it ends in tragedy it's always and you know, the, uh, the the shooting occurred at 2 a.m. outside so-and-so strip joint in some place. So- well, geez, if, you, if you're going, very seldom will it happen at 1 in the afternoon at a Costco store. You know what I mean? You know and if saying? you were in bed in your room at 2 a.m. Right, right, you're supposed exactly. to be. By I yourself. didn't mean to mention Costco in that context. Yeah. It's a, but you know what I'm saying? If you're at Walmart shopping for yeah. diapers, you're most likely going to be safe. You know, But if you're going out at 2 a.m. to a strip joint, no kidding. Something bad is going to happen. I'm sorry. That's and I'm believing. And, and it's not like they're not going to be watching you down well, there in the, the in the Bible Belt. You know, I mean, especially when deal. you're a brand new coach. So. Yeah. Well, it's just amazing to me that 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 money like that and somebody who spent his whole life building his reputation yeah. have can have it all go away with a wild weekend or yeah. a wild month or what? What was it? It must have been a wild month. Well, I think some things built up to it. I'm not sure how deep the story goes. The other theory that I have, and I still stand by this, is that somebody. And believe me, I'm not excusing what Mike did. He made a stupid mistake and should have paid some kind of a price. Mm-hmm. But I think someone was laying in wait, if you'll pardon the expression, for him. I'm not talking about destiny, the stripper. <laughs> I'm talking about somebody that that yes. either wanted the job or had some alum friend who had a friend who wanted the job. Because Mike is not an Alabama guy. He was not in that whole, he's not an alum of Alabama. He's from the Northwest. He went to high school here. Mm-hmm. He went to college here. He is a cougar, and I think when when somebody was ticked off that he got that job, maybe more than one person, and maybe even were looking for something, he should have known that going in, mm-hmm. that I better stay squeaky clean. And, of course, I feel bad for his family. 
Oh, yeah, yeah because I mean, this if, isn't only going to affect his job. No. This is going to affect his life. I mean, I'd backhand him across the backyard if I was his wife. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> and I'll bet you she has. Well, I'm oh, sure. You know, the true. saddest part of the whole thing is that he never signed the contract. Well, I know, because there was a clause in it about behavior. That's the ir- irony of the whole thing, you know. Yeah. He thought so. that was too intrusive. Well, yeah. Well, well maybe obviously there's a reason. Yeah. Yikes. Absolutely. We're talking to Tony Ventrella and Kim Miller on the Kevin McDonald Show Positive Talk in the afternoon. We're going to come back right after these messages. So stay with us. All right, welcome back to Positive Talk in the Afternoon on KKNW 1150 AM. My name is Kevin. I'm your host. Kim Miller's over there. That would be me. How are you? I'm good. And Tony Ventrella is with us. And Tony has written a great book. And Tony, you can buy this book anywhere virtually now. Actually, you know, yeah, yes, you can. Two stores that have been real good to me, though, with two stores. It's really one store with two locations, third place books. Ah. There's one in Seattle now. Oh, my gosh. In the Ravenna area. Of course, I don't know the exact address. And the other one, the bigger third place bookstore, is in the Lake Forest Park Town Center. That's yes. A, that's mm-hmm. the bookstore that covers an entire upper floor of the mall. Wow. And it's wonderful, wonderful store. Third place books. Uh, they had who they have the other day there from uh, oh, everybody loves Raymond. Oh, really? The mom, Doris Roberts. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Wrote a book. She was on uh, our show on Q13 the other day, and went and did a uh, book signing there. They mm-hmm. they just mobbed the place for her. Also, Scott Carpenter, one of the original astronauts, was yeah. there a couple months back, and uh, it's a wonderful store. Third Place Books, they've got it. Uh, the Barnes & Nobles, I either have it or can do it, mm-hmm. can order it. Costco's had it in the past. and So, yeah, it's 15 bucks. It's it's a bargain. It's a great <laughs> book. It's, it, it, it really is. And the way you design talk about how you designed it. Well, I had a lot of help from the different people who know how to do that kind of stuff. And I decided to self-publish for a couple reasons. First of all, it would have taken me two years to get a publisher interested, and I didn't want to take the time. I wanted my mother to see this book in finished form, so I self-published the first two printings, and it's gone very well. So to do that, you got to find somebody that can do that stuff. And I uh, uh, met with a self-publisher over in West Seattle, uh, a woman by the name of Tony, T-O-N-I, and then Debbie, another one in West Seattle, was my... Um, person in charge of uh, the artwork. Barbie is someone that helped me, uh, assisted me in putting it together. And between all of us, we came up with these ideas, ideas to use pictures, ideas to start each chapter with a motivational quote and end each chapter with some sort of a summary, uh, sort of a to-do. I, l- I like this. Uh, it, you're At the end of it, you have your focus, your light. And I like this one here. It says, only in America do we stress over everything we eat. Drop everything <laughs> you're doing right now and go eat a donut. That's right. <laughs> yes. That's my favorite one. Well, I tell people that at banquets I go to, and they love that because they're always picking around the dessert. Oh, you know, yeah. I shouldn't have this. I can't have that. Mm-hmm. And the fact is, if you just really just seriously take a walk three or four times a week, as briskly as you can do it, if you can, and gets get out, get some exercise. You don't. You can at least have some of the sweets you like, or some of the maybe a piece of pizza once in a while. Don't deprive yourself. Just get out. Because then you uh, just want it more. Right. Just burn right. it off a little bit. Plus, it's depressing. I think diets are. You know, the first three letters of the word diet are are, are die. And I, uh, <laughs> so I've never liked diets. Never been involved. I'm gonna let me um, tell one other quick story here, unless you have another know. question, Kevin. Or Kim, uh, this, let's see, is it the 17th? Is that a Sunday? I believe Sunday the 17th is the cystic fibrosis 
event at Seattle Center, um, Great Strides, it's called. It's the six-mile walkathon that we is do. Is that for this month in May? This month, I guess, May. Uh, 17th is a Saturday, but 18th Oh, the 18th, is 18th, and it's a Sunday. Sunday yeah, right. It's the 18th. The only and reason I know that is my birthday. So oh, for birthday. gosh. Yeah. Sa- and well, it's Mount St. Helens Day. So. Oh, that's right. Tell that's me. Right. That's a big day. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, happy birthday in advance. Mm-hmm. My and birthday is bigger, but we'll All talk right, about we'll that. All right, we'll go there. We'll be out there. Oh, really? Well, find eleven. Oh, my gosh. Holy cow. Whoa. There's something, huh? You get overshadowed every year. I know. Know. What a terrible thing to remember. But we did. I'm glad you told me that's the one first positive thing I've heard about 9-11 is that you were born. Um, but my sister, Bonnie, my mother lost two girls, two daughters from cystic fibrosis, two of my sisters. Uh, one before I was born. I did not know Joan. She was six months old before I was born. Uh, and the other, I did know, my sister Bunny. She's in the book. She was 10 when I uh, was 11, and she passed away at the age of 10. Both had cystic fibrosis. So ever since I got into broadcasting, I have been doing events for CF. I just noticed the other night on the news that they've discovered now, they think they've discovered a way to replace the damaged gene that causes cystic fibrosis. Now, they may be still years away from being able to do it, but they're getting closer. Mm-hmm. And there's a doctor named Bonnie Ramsey who's in the children's in um, Seattle who's done a lot of great research on CF. So anyone involved with CF and knows about it, I just want to let them know. 1 o'clock, the 18th, Seattle Center at the outdoor stage area. We kick off the annual Great Strides Walk, and I appreciate everyone who gets involved in that. Uh, back to my sister for a second, Bunny, who lived with us her whole life. Basically, you can't breathe. It oh. suffocates you. Your lungs fill with this thick, gooey mucus, and it's awful. And uh, she ended up having a lung removed, and, you know, it was just, it was ugly. But she had great spirit. She had a great attitude about every day, and she lived her life day to day to day. People ask me where I get my positive attitude. It comes from her more so than my parents. Because I, I think kids know. You've all seen kids that have cancer at a young age or oh. different, you know, the make-a-wish kids. They kind of have a sense that this is my life right now. Mm-hmm. i got to live this life now. I may not have 14, 15, 16, may not have a chance to ever get married, meet anybody, have kids go to college. And I think she sensed it all along. So she lived every day as if it were the last, mm-hmm. which is not a bad lesson no. for no. the rest of us. That's and that's where my... Motivation for this book comes from as well as, uh, you know, mom and dad and all the other people I wrote about. So I think it's uh, it's worth picking up. And if you it's got for, some great pictures in it, too. Well, yeah. a lot of good people in it. Anytime you can put your uncle Ralph, who's a five foot two Italian, 84 year old, the oldest comedian who's still working in the city of Tampa, Florida. You got something <laughs> with a glass eye and shrapnel from World War Two. And he's still telling jokes. I mean, that's a good story. <laughs> <laughs> Tony, if somebody wanted to get a hold of you to book you for a to speak in front of their group, how do they go about doing? Well, there's a good question. I, you know, I'm going to give you a, uh, an email address right now because I have someone who books me. Her name is Barbie. I don't want to give her number out on the uh, on the air because it's also a, I think it's also a home number. So I'm going to give you a web uh, address or an email address. I'm so high tech oriented. Yeah. Uh, it's basically just Tony at Q13.com. You can reach me at. Q13, T-O-N-Y at Q13.com if you're interested and uh, I can get you, uh, you know, in touch with Barbie and she can call you. And Because uh, a lot of the groups I call are nonprofits. I mean, they call me are nonprofits and many of them are companies that actually have a budget. And we, we you know, we do everything, everything we can schedule, we do. How, do you have anything coming up? I've got out? a couple of them coming up. Uh, May, I've, I take uh, off May usually because it's a ratings month and mm-hmm. we're, we're involved quite heavily in the TV work. So I don't do any in May. I've got a couple in June mm-hmm. scheduled out through the rest of the year with uh, a few each month. That's 
and uh, yeah, schools and colleges and uh, church organizations. And uh, a couple of weeks ago, the Lions Club. And before that, the Tacoma Prop Club down there honored some students. And I'm all over the state, and it's fun. I'd like to do it nationally, frankly, because I think I have a lot to share, and uh, it'd be fun to do. I can tell you, after sitting through one, it, you are certainly um, uh, worth listening to. I appreciate that, Kevin. Because <laughs> it's a lot of it. Was, we had a great time, and I, I just I can't stress enough how I truly enjoyed in the business environment that we were in at the time, the very stuffy, you know, <laughs> kind of environment that we had. You kind of blew the doors off a lot of folks' perception of what they thought business should be because it's it's different than and it can be very successful if it's positively done it can be fun i think the other thing is do people know that i've been involved in sports for something like 30 years or so and then they they expect a sports speaker and there's nothing wrong with a sports speaker don't get me wrong but they expect to hear about you know what game i covered in chicago in 1986 well i don't talk about that i talk about real life happenings if someone asks me a sports question i'd be happy to answer it and it's fun to answer but there are a lot more People have a lot more expertise in sports than I, I, but I do think I have a few things about positive thinking that oh, I can share. Oh, there's some great stuff so. in here. Just, just going through it. And it's an easy book. I mean, it's very very easy to read, and it's uh, um, it's good. I liked it a lot. That's the key. If yeah. you uh, yeah, if you won't sit down and read it, what's the point? That's you know, right. That's, it had to be something that I would sit down and read. And I, <laughs> That's a good way to do it. There you go. Good criteria. <laughs> I thought, you know, if I won't read this, no one else will, and I wrote it. So anyway. Well, you know, I got to tell you, just from somebody who you could have, since it was your dad's barbershop, you could have said, oh, boy, you know, here's my life. I'm going to be a barber for the next 50 years. <laughs> yeah. And been fine. But you followed your heart. You followed your dream. And you became who you are today. And we thank you for it. Thank you very much, Kevin. I appreciate that. Because it's 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 not very often that somebody that there are a lot of folks that 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 we talk to mm-hmm. that that are not as gracious and as kind as you are, and uh, it's it's great to have you. So I appreciate that. Are we how are we doing on time? Are, are we out? Or oh, we're done? Are we? Yeah, we we're, we're just about right done. But there, go yeah. ahead. You, you got something? No, I was going to yeah. say. I want. I, I just want one of my favorite chapters is priming the pump, and um, basically, and I'll tell it in thirty seconds. What that's all about is. Sort of taking a chance, sort of, sort of like paying it forward, but take a little bit of a risk. I'm not talking about bungee jumping with no clothes on. I'm <laughs> oh, talking about, on. you know, well, that too. You might be able to sell tickets to that. <laughs> I'd sell tickets for if Kevin did it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, right. <laughs> I'm, uh, reminds me of a line from Rodney Dangerfield the other night. I used to be, a, my wife used to be afraid of the dark, and then she saw me naked, and now she's afraid of the light. I bet. <laughs> yeah. So, that anyway, works. But the point is, take a little risk. Uh, try something that you think you can't do. And eventually you'll convince yourself that you can do it. And you'd be surprised how easy it is to just kind of fall off that turnip truck and then it just kind of flows. Sure. Absolutely. Which is a wonderful thing. Tony Ventrella, Channel 13, formerly of Channel 7, formerly of Channel 5. <laughs> um, formerly, 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 yeah. <laughs> and and we thank you very much for coming. And the next hour, as a matter of fact, this is appropriate because the girls that are coming in, they have a support group and they call themselves the Athletic Supporters. Really? Yes. Oh. So so they actually they use the other name for it, but that's okay. Um, they're they're coming in we're going to talk about how they support themselves and coach each other through all the mysteries of life that they have and the challenges and even kim's going to be involved in that I i'm am. going to be the dumb white guy in the corner that's yep. good so, <laughs> so i'm going to keep to myself he and plays just, that well doesn't he, does. he i do yes, he does. <laughs> it's, it's sort of like typecasting but in any event thank you tony thank, thank you, you tony. Hey, and thanks for listening to this episode all the way to the end. Hey, pretty cool. 
Hey, don't forget to follow us so you can receive regular updates and new posts. And remember, take care of each other because each other's all we've got. See you next time on My Independence Report.